Hey, it's not quite the DeLorean, but we're going back in time with a new podcast feed full of all my favorite interviews in the history of the Bill Simmons podcast. We're coming up on seven years now. I've had an unbelievable collection of athletes, celebrities, showrunners, directors, Matt Damon, Denzel Washington, Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, Shirley Theron, Tom Hanks, Bill Burr, Kevin Durant, Peyton Manning, The Undertaker, Eddie Vedder, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he actually came on. Dave Grohl, Quavo, Barack Obama. I mean, what else can I tell you? I've had Al Pacino with Barry Levinson. I've had people like Steph Curry, Jason Bateman, John C. Riley, Jonah Hill. I could just, I could keep going and going. But wait, there's more. Whether it's your first time or you're planning on revisiting some of your favorites, make sure you head to BillSimmonsInterviews.TheRinger.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Follow the Bill Simmons podcast, The Interviews, on Spotify now. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer. Is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. Monday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Jastrzemski. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. Chaotic weekend. All sorts of topsy-turvy nonsense starting Friday night if you're a fan of the New York Jets. And we were oh so close to doing a Spotify Live, documenting the end of Zach Wilson's season, talking about how what could have been for the Jets. Not that I have high aspirations, or that I have high hopes to begin with for this 2022 season. But the idea that in the first preseason game, a non-contact injury could be the end of Zach Wilson before you even see him on a field. The Jet fan was in rest spirits on Friday night, if you were documenting on social media. I had to check in on the well-being of a few of my Jet fans. I checked in on Stefan. My buddy Mike Flegelman alerted me of the injury because I'm at the bar, I'm watching the Yankee game, I'm watching the Met game, and the Jet game's on. So I saw Wilson's horrible interception. I didn't see the non-contact play live. The minute I saw the play, because I saw it basically right after replay, I'm like, oh boy, that does not look good. 
Dr. Chow basically thought he was done for the year. Even Dr. Chow gets one wrong every now and again. The Jets dodged such a major bullet, you have no idea. So it's going to be two to four weeks. It's definitely not ideal. I think you do have to question and you do have to wonder if opening weekend against the Baltimore Ravens is realistic for Zach Wilson. But that sure beats what the outcome was going to be. I mean, I heard so much nonsense on Friday. It'd make your head spin. Some Jeff fans are trying to tell me, go get Jimmy Garoppolo. That would have been the dumbest idea on planet Earth. Uh, You're hearing about Mike White. You're hearing about Joe Flacco. Well, you can forget about that stuff in the long term. Short term, maybe. Maybe you got to see Mike White or Joe Flacco week one. But for the Jets to only get, you know, two to four, four to six weeks with Zach Wilson, take it. Take it. Take it. Because that is the definition of worst case scenario. Take a quarterback with the second pick in the draft. Get some pieces around him. First year, he missed time to begin with. Then he's going to miss his entire second year? That would have been code red, code green, whatever the hell you want to call it. Thankfully, that's not the case from a Jets standpoint. So, dodge the major bullet to start off the weekend. Then, they're on the New York Yankees. And it's okay to admit this. Even with the Yankees holding a 10-game lead within the American League East, the reality is situation, the Yankees, for the better part of a month plus, and really, for the better part of six weeks, they've been a bad baseball team. They have invented ways to lose. If it's not the lineup, it's the bullpen. If it's not the bullpen, it's the starting pitching. The Yankees cannot put it together, and let's be honest, if it was not for... Xander Bogarts inexplicably get picked off of second base when Raldis Chapman did not have it coming in the bottom half of the seventh inning. We might be talking about the Boston Red Sox sweeping this three-game series at the hands of the New York Yankees. The Yankees were dreadful in the series. I mean, thankfully on Saturday, IKF bailed them out with the bat, bailed them out with the glove, ballsy with the squeeze play in the ninth inning to go and get the go-ahead run. They needed that game because basically for nine innings tonight, the Yankees put you to sleep. They did absolutely nothing against Michael Walker and absolutely nothing against the Boston bullpen. Walker was really good. Give him credit. He was efficient. He was changing speeds. The off-speed pitches were filthy. Give him, give him credit. He pitched a good game. That Yankee lineup looked weak tonight. You got the DJ LeMayu injury. He's saying it's not a big deal, but he's not there. Matt Carpenter, who was a revelation for the Yankees, he's not there. John Carlos Stanton, I don't know what to make now of the Giancarlo Stanton injury timetable. There was none on Friday. Now Boone tells you on Sunday, oh, he's going on a rehab assignment. What is it with Stanton? I don't know, but I know this. The Yankees need him. The Yankee lineup doesn't come close to looking the same when you take Stanton out of it. That lineup today, I mean, six through nine, weak. Super, super Super weak. The Yankees went two and four on this road trip. Uh, two and four on this week. We'll get to the hideous road trip in a minute. But they were even worse than that. Two and four this week. This done in pitching was exemplary. Derek Cole was great. Nestor was great. Domingo Herman pitched well. Jamison Tyon pitched well twice. And Montez was good on Saturday night. And the Yankees find a way to go two and four. What are the overarching concerns? Well, number one, listen to this. 
Two and nine in their last 11. Eight and 15 since the All-Star break. 16 and 23 since June the 30th. And 23 and 27 in their last 50 games. You had to expect, and I've said this now for like the last three weeks, that a team that was playing 700 baseball that wasn't that good was going to come back to the pack. Well, we've gotten that, but we've gotten that and then some. The concerns for me, number one, it's the lineup. The lineup is my biggest concern out of anything with the New York Yankees. It's lack and punch because it's missing bats. You miss Stanton's presence. You miss Carpenter's presence. When LeMayu's not there tonight, it looks weak. When is Torres going to start hitting? Torres has been terrible. And I own him in fantasy, and he's just driven me to drink the last few weeks. He's been terrible. Donaldson has not gotten on a hot streak at all. And you start Aaron Hicks every day. That's a lot of dead weight all of a sudden. That's been the problem for the Yankees in postseasons past. That is a concern I have now, not only for August and September, but October. Is this team going to hit enough? The second big concern you have, and this is something that I think we're going to talk more and more about, it's Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes can't throw strikes. And if he is not going to be able to throw strikes, I can't believe I'm saying this because I know how it's going to end with a roll this Chapman. I, I know we're going to go down this road. I know he's going to suck you back in. He's been fabulous over the last three weeks. Fabulous. To the point where, yeah, he's the better option in the ninth inning. I know how it's going to end. I know how this is going to go. But I can't have Holmes close the games at this rate. And they went to Efros the other night on Saturday. Aaron Boone basically told you all you needed to know. He went to Efros in the ninth inning. I think it's going to be a lot of close by committee for the Yankees. And that's fine. But Holmes and getting him right is a big key. This bullpen needs him. And if he's going to go and turn into a pumpkin and be the guy who was in Pittsburgh, the Yankees have major, major problems. You can't overlook that. I mean, Boston, folks, is not a particularly good team. Boston, I know they won a Fugazi series against the Orioles because basically, you know, they, they, they played games in like May and they continue to make up series. So the hell with that. This was the first legitimate two out of three. The Red Sox won in the American League East all year. The Yankees are still going to win this division comfortably because they've played like crap now for 50 games and they still have a 10-game lead. It tells you that Toronto and Tampa specifically have been unable to take advantage. They'll have a chance this week. It's the Rays right into the Blue Jays, right into the Mets. The problem the Yankees are going to run into, if LeMayu is not in there and Stanton is not back, you could argue that over the next 10 games or so, it could get worse from a Yankee perspective before it gets better. Good news, division very much in hand. Bad news, 50 games, bad baseball. And no longer a blip. A lot of things on the radar that should scare the living daylights out of you as we get ready for September in the postseason. But I'll tell you what's not scaring me. Running Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and Chris Bassett out there three out of every five days. Must be nice. Must be nice. The Mets do exactly what they're supposed to do this weekend. All right, they lose on Friday night. They lose a tough, hard-fought game on Friday night. No biggie. They do just enough Saturday. Couple of bloops. That's been a Mets story. Putting the ball in play. Making things happen. Getting that two-out hit. You saw that 
all damn day on Sunday, winning baseball. DeGrom Saturday, exemplary. Bassett on Sunday, Bassett's really good. I mean, you take away one or two really bad starts for Chris Bassett. We're talking about a guy who's pitching to basically, what, a sub-3 array all season long. That three-headed monster in the postseason is going to be amazing. And that's why the Mets this week, look, they took two or three from the Phillies. They got an opportunity to put the Braves in the rearview mirror once and for all. I know the Braves have rallied after their bad stretch here at City Field where they lost four out of five games. Why would you expect the Mets to go play poorly in this series? I'd say bare minimum in these four games, the Mets go and get a split. They're playing too well. The pitching lines up too well for them. And everybody's contributing within the offense. Alonzo gets big hits all the time. Lindor, what a year he's had. He gets big hits all the time. It's Giorme. It's Vogelback. It's this guy. It's that guy. They took advantage of sloppy Philly defense and putting the ball in play and had themselves a hell of a weekend. They are doing everything right. I know that was the title of our podcast last week, so we can't do it again. Literally, the Mets doing everything right. And on the other side, the Yankees are doing everything wrong. That's really what I've seen from the baseball story now for the better part of about four or five weeks. Time to correct that from a Yankee perspective. And from a Mets standpoint, you just want to keep it humming. Keep the Grom and Scherzer in bubble wrap. Get through the next six weeks. Put the Braves, boom, in that wild card scenario and get ready for October baseball. That's what I'm thinking from a Mets fan. There'll be a couple of big series lined up. The Dodgers come to town at the end of August, and I know we'll be out at City Field for that. That'll be a stoked-up crowd, I am sure. I actually think I'm going to be in Vegas for that, so I may not be out there, but you get my drift. We'll be into that across the board. Both of these teams are in prime position to win the divisions, but the feel and the vibe is so drastically different around each team, and deservedly so. The Mets on fire, and the Yankees with serious, serious, serious problems as we get through these dog days of August and get closer and closer to the start of the football season. Uh, you know, when the Yankees are going bad, Nicky Totoro is always in rare form. So Nicky is going to join us. We'll have some calls. We'll get to some trivia, all that more. Loaded Monday show. And I guess the best news of the weekend, Jet fans, you dodged a major bullet. Good for you. You don't get enough breaks in life. You got one on Friday. All right, we'll come right back. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. So the last time I had this gentleman on the podcast, everything was sunshine and lollipops in Yankee land. They were 60-23. and They had defeated the Boston Red Sox. Clay Holmes was lights out in the ninth inning. And it, it felt like we might be in for a fun summer from a standpoint of chasing history. Well, now you can forget about chasing history. And it's a matter of getting the Yankees right before we hit the month of October. Nikki Totoro, welcome back to New York, New York. How you doing, buddy? Good, Johnny. Could be a lot better. It's been a couple of really bad weeks. It's taking its toll on me. So I don't know where we begin. Maybe this road trip. Um, 
but it feels like another nightmare. It feels more like the last couple of years have returned. You know, I mean, it's things are dark. Things are well, really that's dark. the vibe, Nikki. You're right about that. The last 50 or so games, you feel like you're watching a rerun, to use your terminology that you know very well from television and, of course, from movies, where you've seen this song and dance before. You saw it in 2020. You saw it in 2021, which was a frustrating, aggravating, miserable Yankee season. And all of those characteristics have been at the forefront of what we've seen. The crazy thing, though, Nick, the Yankees are up double digits still within this division. But if you've watched this team and you're smart enough to understand what the Yankees were in the first three months of the year and what they've been over the last 50 games, you'd be an idiot to run away from the fact that they got some serious issues and they got some serious problems, my man. Yeah. And they can't, they can't get out of their own way again. They're running the bases really stupidly. They're playing a lot of dumb baseball. They're not hitting. They can't hit good pitching. They're losing against good teams. I mean, just take, for example, this road trip, right? We played in St. Louis. We conceivably should have won. We could have won two out of three. The first game, we controlled the game. We had them on the ropes. We had three measly runs when we should have had maybe four or five. We fool around. We let the team hang around. We give the first game away. Then, I don't know, I left, I guess, homes imploded or whatever. So we gave that game away. Then on a Saturday, I was in Disneyland or wherever I was, Disney, California. And then the fucking guy, they got shut out by Montgomery, who they just traded for whatever reason. That's another story. We just gave Jordan Montgomery. We didn't hit. And then the next day, we come out and we bash the shit out of uh, Wainwright, Hall of Fame pitcher. I knew we were going to score some runs. All right, Frankie Montas, the new guy, wasn't sharp. But we scored six runs. Then the bullpen... Then this Albert Abreu guy probably cost us that game. So we get swept when we could have won two out of three, you know. Then we go to Seattle, start out pretty nice. Good good start by Tayone. all right? We score a bunch of runs. We win the game. The next game, great pitch game. We get a classic Cole against Castillo, who we don't get. You know, we all wanted Castillo. We didn't get him. He shuts our ass out, but Cole pitches his ass off. And then the 10th and the 11th and the 12th was like watching a little league. Oh, it was bad little league. I mean, you wouldn't see that in good little leagues, Nick, with the way they were running the bases that game. That's as bad a base running display as I've seen in extra innings ever in my life. Yeah. And no accountability. No accountability from the manager. No accountability from really anybody. That was that was horrible. That was hard. Then the rubber game, they should have won this game. A well-pitched game by um, who pitched their game. Um, that was Nestor. Nestor was Nestor. unbelievable Nestor, that game. Right. He's got the lead after Higgy and Judge hit the home runs. And, of yeah. course, you see Abreu come in and Abreu yucks it up. See, listen, they, they played poorly on this trip. And I think Holmes is going to wear the goat horns for a couple of these games. But let's be real, Nikki. They're not hitting at all. And you can't expect Aaron Judge to basically carry the team every single night. The two guys got to get their head out of the rest. Gleyber Torres is number one. Donaldson is number two. Because, look, Rizzo's going to hit. I'm not worried about him. He came back from the injury. He's going to be fine. He'll hit at Yankee Stadium. I think Benintendi has shown you over the last couple of games. He's going to hit. He's going to be fine. 
he's going right. to be the player you thought you were getting from Boston and from Kansas City. But Torres, for the last 50 games, has been awful. Donaldson, all year, has been awful. And when you take away Stanton and you take mm-hmm. away Carpenter, and now mm-hmm. those guys are put in those prime positions to go and hit and go and drive and runs, Nikki, they've stunk up the joint. They've been terrible. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, with with Carpenter, with Stanton, Judge, LeMayu, and Rizzo, all right, we were, we were very good, one through five. But the bottom of this lineup has always been potentially really bad. I mean, Hicks has killed us. Has killed Donaldson is a shell of himself. He's not the same Donaldson. You know what I mean? I would have rather platooned him with with Carpenter. But now Carpenter is hurt. And and that's a big loss. Stanton, I like Stanton. But they need the Stanton. Nikki, they need Stanton. They need him. He's they not need a him, luxury. They, they need him. They look like they a different him. team when he doesn't play. Different team. I know team. that. They are a different team. You're right. Because when Judge isn't hot, sometimes Stanton will carry them. And he can be a force. And But the problem is, you know Stanton is going to get hurt one way or another. And I like Stanton now, but he's going to get hurt. It's just like inevitable. I don't know what it is. He always gets hurt. So the bottom of that lineup, I mean, Glaber Torres has killed them. Hicks has killed them. And now, you know, Donaldson, he is what he is. He's not this. He can't catch up. He gets a couple of hits here and there, but you can't count on him. And the catcher. No, he's done a great job defensively. Trevino is the least of their worries. I don't worry no, about not, the catcher's position. I'm not worried not about Trevino. He's, I mean, he's whatever he does is a bonus. But the bottom of that lineup, they got to do something. Somebody's got to talk to this guy, Glaber Torres. Somebody's got to sit his ass down and say, look, what the fuck are you doing when you go up there? You're just swinging, swinging out of your heels. You don't take any pitches. You don't work any counts. I mean, he's not a very smart baseman. He's played a good second base, but at the plate, his body language is awful. It's awful. And I, I heard he was going to be traded. Maybe he's soaking about that. I don't know the story about that. There was a trade in place that was going to go down. Who knows? But I don't like his body language. I would bring somebody up. They got these guys. They won't trade them. Bring one of these suckers up. Well, what the fuck listen, are they the doing? guy that everybody wants replaced is IKF. And that's the listen. obvious one, right? That they could go and bring up Peraza, see what Peraza can do. IKF, here's my biggest issue with him, Nick. His defense is not what I thought it was going to be. Him offensively, listen, he puts the ball in play. He does it on a team that's got a lot of guys who strike out. He makes contact. He's hitting around 270. He could run a little bit but he's got no power, and the defense is not up to par. That's the issue with IKF. But I, I, my bigger issue, though, Nikki, honestly, is not IKF. It's Glaber and Donaldson because I expected more out of them. You know what I mean, dude? I expect Glaber. Glaber Torres at the beginning of this year was hitting the ball the other way. He was hitting for power. He was yeah. back, I thought, to being the guy he was in 2018, 2019. Nikki, let's be honest. It's not to the extreme that Gary Sanchez was, but it's kind of trending in that territory, yeah. right? Where he's going to, yeah. don't you get the sense with Torres that maybe it's a couple months from now, maybe it's a year from now. We're talking about this guy saying, man, what a waste. He just never ended up being the player we thought he was going to be. Yeah. I mean, listen, the biggest, I think the biggest mistake that that guy ever did was hit 30 something home runs because he's home run happy. 
all the time. I don't know why. He's got some ability, but he's got a major fucking hole in his swing. If you watch his swing, and, and sometimes I think he needs glasses. He looks like he closes his fucking eyes. Just take a good look at him, the way he swings. He comes out of his shoes. He doesn't make contact. I mean, you know, he, he's not even, you know, Robbie Cano was a great hitter. But this guy is a, you know, he's not even Robbie. He's nowhere near Robbie Cano, who, you know, messed up his career. But he is a major problem. I think he's a flawed player. And I don't think he's ever going to be the kind of guy that you could count on. He's going to get his bat on. You know, when he comes up, you go, oh, shit. He's going to strike out. You can't, you know, you just can't count on him. Well, he went from a guy, that's a great point. He went from a guy that used to have a lot of confidence in, in big spots, in big situations to give you a good at bat. Now it's the opposite, Nick. When he comes up to the point, you're expecting the worst because the approach and the technique and the mindset of the play has been an absolute shit show. You're not wrong there. Now, speaking of guys that have driven you to drink over the years, all of a sudden now, nobody in the bullpen is pitching better than Aroldis Chapman. And I know you've had your issues with Chapman. I've had my issues with Chapman. But with Clay Holmes' inability to throw a strike, are you now at the point, Nick, where you want to see Chapman in the ninth inning? Yeah, he's got to go back. I mean, that's, I mean, the guy, for better or for worse, whatever we feel about Chapman, you know he's got a great resume. He can do it. He still has the stones. He still has the balls to do it. You know you're going to get nervous. He's going to make you sweat your ass off. But the one thing you can say, he can do it. And he looks a lot better lately. He's pitching very good in the eighth, the seventh, the eighth. And the other day, I would have brought him back for the ninth. You know, you had a you had a lefty starting Devis, the other. He looked good. You know, the other guy is struggling. He can't do it. You know, for whatever it is, mechanical, mental, you can tell. He may, be, he may not be cut out for this. We thought we had a rock down, solid closer, but Chapman has to go back now. Chapman has to go back to the, you know, to that ninth inning. I mean, I the other guy, Trevino, ain't bad. I kind of like him. This sidearm kid, I don't know much about it. What really he showed is, some balls, though, F. Ross, Saturday yeah. in that Boston game because he had a pitch yeah. out of a jam. He had a pitch against some big hitters in that lineup and made some big pitches against Bogarts and, of course, against Devers. Yeah. Big pitches. Yeah. And those guys are great hitters. Even though the Red Sox suck this year, those guys are still great hitters. And the thing is, the thing that really bugs me really bugs me is that I didn't even realize that Marinucci was delegated to AAA. Oh, embarrassing what they've done with Marinucci. No, embarrassing. This, this, embarrassing. This, is, this has become like a franchise that's worth billions of dollars. They fucked around with Aaron Judge. Now, they might get it right in the poop ski. You know what I mean? Now And now they're penny pinching with this service time, with this bullshit. The guy was lights out, 19 scoreless innings. We lost Michael King. This kid Marinucci's got the got the goods. The other kid Schmidt. These guys should be on the team. I don't care. You got a DFA. This other Albert Abreu again. I don't care. Oh, Lucas Litke. I want the best fucking guys in the bullpen. Well, you know what they're guys- doing? They're prioritizing their forty man roster over the team right here and right now, and it's costing them games. That's what it's doing, Nikki. It's costing yeah. them games. Well, whatever it is. I mean, we lost that guy Whitlock years ago. I mean, that still still burns me up, pal. You know, he wasn't protected. You know what I mean? But, I mean, you got to put the best team out there. You you can't – I can't buy what they're doing. I can't understand what they're doing. You got these guys down there that could help you. 
This other kid, they need some energy. The offense is terrible. They should make a move. They should make a move because the way this team is looking, even if they get in the playoffs, I don't see them beating Houston. Well, you know, forget about Houston. With the way the Yankees are playing right now, Nikki, you're not going to be overly confident going into a first-round series. I don't care exactly. who the team may be. They, exactly. play Seattle, they play Seattle in the first round, and you got Castillo staring you twice in the face maybe for a five-game series. Uh, I would expect the Yankees to win, but I'm not going to be overly confident, dude. No way. No, no, they'll be lucky to get out of the first round unless they turn this shit around. I mean, they're starting pitching. Isn't that bad, you know? And I mean, no, that's it, not it, their issue. And Nick, this week it hasn't been their issue. Cortez no. has been fine. Cole has straightened it out, which you like to see. Montez, he needed a good start. He gave you a good start. And even Tyone and Herman, who I'm not big on and I'm not in love with, and I didn't like the Montgomery trade when they made it. Tyone and Herman, since that trade, have done what you needed them to do. They haven't yeah. scored runs and they haven't gotten big outs in the bullpen. Yeah, listen, and you know what? They don't hit. Good pitching. People say it. They don't hit. They get shut down and they don't know how to ever manufacture a run. They got a manager that's a lame duck manager. I hate to say it, but I lost it the other day. I've I'm, I'm tried to like that guy. I've tried. But he just doesn't seem like he's got the stones. Look at what Showalter has done with the Mets. The Mets are a better better team than the Yankees right now. They are they a better are. team. Listen, if you tell me team. right now, Nick, I can have $1,000 to go to Vegas and put money on either team to win the World Series, I would be more confident in putting on the Mets than I would be on the Yankees. A thousand percent. Got to be fair. And that doesn't make me happy. That doesn't sit well with me. But that's being reasonable and realistic with their pitching and their leadership. Now, I ask you this because you're a diehard Yankee fan. And I know there are some Yankee fans who are dismissive of the Mets. There are some who hate them. There are some who don't really care. It doesn't bother me the way. If the Mets win the World Series this year, will it bother you? Will it bother me? Yes. No. No. It, it would not. Bother me. Okay. No, because because if they win it, they fucking deserve it. They earned it. You know, if they win it. So you it, don't I mean, look I, at it like a Red Sox situation where if the Red Sox win it like eats at you, the Mets winning the World Series wouldn't be the same for you. No, it wouldn't. I mean, listen, I wouldn't love it. You know, I mean, the, you know, the Mets fan, you know, I know how they are. But listen, they got Buck Walter. They got a good team. They've built a good team with great pitching. They got now a closer that found it. So, I mean, they're a fun team to watch. I mean, they've made some good moves. They got a lot of balance on that team. A lot more balance than we've got. And, um, I mean, I don't hate the Mets, but I'm not, you know, I'm never going to root for them unless maybe it's the Red Sox or something. But um, it's not going to, like, destroy me if the, if the Mets win a title. They haven't won that many titles anyway. Now, so, you, you, would know, say, you would be speaking differently, though, if the Mets beat the Yankees, let's oh, say, in the World different. Series. That's, no, a, that's, that's Armageddon, that, Nikki. That, that's no, Armageddon, that, bro. That's no, like, no, that's, two, that's like that's 04 bad. Red Sox, Mets. It, it's yes. on that level, dude. It's on that listen, level. Listen, the Mets would be very scary this time around because the, Met, the Yankees don't hit Scherzer. They never did. They never hit him. In, and then they got DeGrom. So, you know, they don't hit and these Bassett, kind of guys. And Bassett, Bassett ain't too bad either, by the way. Bassett ain't and too Bassett, bad either. Bassett ain't too bad. And now this closer is insane, this Edwin. They thought he was a bust, and now he found his shit to get. He got his shit together, and the guy is, like, scary. 
Uh, by I the mean, way, I am shocked we have not seen you and the boys with the TikTok of Edwin Diaz's trumpet song yet. I'm actually glad because you guys have original thoughts and that video kind of like jumped the shark down. Like everybody's done one. So you don't, you don't want to do one at this point. It's over. It's old. It's done with. And you're a Yankee fan anyway. You see everyone's doing these trumpet videos with Diaz? Like enough. What is that? What you is know, it? it's the entrance he comes out to. The music uh, you have. I'm sure you've seen it. You haven't seen it all yeah. over the place yet? I haven't seen it. But I mean, I don't know why I would be doing a trumpet Edward Diaz. That's the thing. It's a Met thing. If it were a Yankee thing, I think it'd be more applicable, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, I like their manager. I wanted Show Walter back. I wanted him too. I wish he was managing the Yankees. I do. I wish he was managing the Yankees, for sure. I, I, I mean, listen, I'm this homestand now, they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to start hitting a little bit. They got to get together and have a, a powwow. I don't know. They well, they will hit. The and Nikki, I'm going to say this. They will hit at Yankee Stadium this week. They yeah. always seem to hit in that ballpark. You'll yeah. get the lefties going. I think that I'm not saying they're going to have a great week against Toronto and Tampa. I say minimum they go four and three this week. Minimum. Yeah, that would be okay. I mean, four and three. They I mean, need but still winning some games. That's the bottom they line. They need to listen. get the juju back. It's not there. Then now they're like three and a half. Oh, Nikki, they're, they're, not, they're not catching the Astros. They're they, not. Their schedule is they're too not. tough. The Astros play a bunch of peasants in that division, and they're the best team in baseball. They're not catching the Astros. You're gonna have, I know that. You're, you're going to have to hope this team gets right, and they're yeah. in much better shape in October, in October for the Astros than they right. were in June and July. That's my hope. My hope is that they get it together before October and not even worry about this home field shit and, you know, win a, win a playoff round. And then if they have to face them, hopefully they're in a better, a better frame, a better place because that's their only chance. Because if they don't get it together, forget it. The Astros will blow them out of the building. And I'm supposed to go there this year. By the way, there's a... This, there's a station that's bringing me down there. Houston well, station. I need to know. Forget forget about Houston and the ALCS because we got a long, long way to go. Yeah, I know when that. When am I getting Nick Totoro back in the Delta Club with me, at Yankee Stadium? <laughs> that's what I need to know. Yeah, that's going to happen. I think probably in September. You, you know? like coming in September? The weather's yeah. nice. It's not like too it. hot. I like it. Well, so basically, you're telling me you're going to try September, to or maybe we do. You know, the first round because we're going to make the playoffs. I mean, that would be a well, catastrophe. First round, they will, uh, we'll be in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be a lengthy so, trip in the playoffs, if, but you if, and if I, I will be at Yankee Stadium yes, for the playoffs. Yes, if I don't see in September, we will, we will go to a playoff game. That and you could put you in. know what we will do? Yeah. Before the game, you'll get up there super early. I will take you to the world-famous bodega before the game, before we go in, and we have a uh, beverage or two, so that way we're ready to rock proper Bronx-style okay. Nikki Totoro and JJ at the bodega before game one and game two of a playoff series. I love it. Well, what what is the bodega? Explain uh, the bodega. Well, I, I, it's 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 a need to know basis, bro. I get right. it's I the bodega is the spot. We give right. them a little bit of pub. I can't give out all the details because okay. you know it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a little <laughs> speakeasy in the Bronx. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah, I hear you. That's no, what we I love know. It. I love it. By the way, did you see the Jeta doc? I am all caught up. I finished the seventh episode. Um, I, I get why they did seven episodes. Derek and his ownership, Derek and his family. I think they wanted to hit on a lot of that stuff. Nikki, yeah. they could have shortened it to five episodes, in my opinion. 
I think if they would have done five, I think it would have been. It was awesome. I loved it. By the end of it, I felt like it was one episode too long. My personal yeah. take. That was your personal feeling. Yeah. yeah it was well, great. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I yeah. ended up, I watched every minute of it, but I think for a lot of folks out there, they could have made it five or six and it would have been just as good. Yeah. But you know, they do that. I mean, TV shows do that. Sometimes they have five great years. They go one extra year. You know what I mean? They try to milk it, but overall you liked it. Right. Oh, I loved it. And you know, the nature of Jeter and how vindictive he can be and how he <laughs> took things, but you don't cross that man, bro. You cross no. that man. You finished. Did you see any of the Jeter A-Rod stuff today? Did you watch any of that during I, the game? You know what? I caught some clips of it. And I still get like where, you know, Jeter's trying to be a nice guy. But, yeah, it was weird, man. It know, was, man. Listen, I think A-Rod is very awkward in those spots, bro. He's, He's very, very awkward. And, and, you know, and I know A-Rod. We're friends. He is kind of awkward. And Jeter's just, you don't cross that man. Once you cross him, Brian Cashman, all these people... He might say he forgives you, but he never feels the same. I mean, he's like a, he's a gangster, man. He's a quiet killer. He almost reminds me a lot of my brother, John. There's a lot of my wow, brother, John. really? Interesting. Oh, okay. my God. There is an honesty. There is something about his demeanor. And, you know, he's a very loyal guy. And once you cross him, it's over. It's over. You know what I mean? So, um... You know, I I find him. You know, you don't mess with that guy. You know, and, and that's why I'm saying he's a good, he's a good friend to have. You want to have friends like that. Yeah, listen, you we've all had friends like that, and then something happens and you never feel the same. So I understand where he's coming from. You know, I understand where he's coming from. But man, and, he's uh, a, maybe Nikki in 20 years you're making the Derek Jeter movie. You know, forget about the docu series. Maybe you're directing the movie. Who would you who would you play to cast Derek Jeter? To play Jeter? Yeah. I mean, you know, because Jeter is very like, you know. I give you very, any. I give you any budget. You could do whatever you want. Who's your actor? Who's my actor now? Yeah, right now, right now. Yeah, well, we got to find somebody not too old, up and coming. It's got to be a guy that you know, who's you know handsome. He's good looking, but also could act, but also be kind of. You know, not a, not a guy who's like a one-trick pony. All right, so a, here's what I'm going to do, because I'm putting you on the spot with this. The next time you come on the podcast, yeah, you give it some thought, and you tell me who we're casting in the Derek Jeter movie when I get, when I, I beg Bill from Los Angeles to fund this, and I'm, I'm working on the Jimmy the Greek one with Jerry Ferrara, <laughs> and I want to be, I want to be a silent partner in the Jimmy the Greek one, and I want to be a silent partner in the Derek Jeter one with you directing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me think about it. I mean, you know, Jeter is, I actually think A-Rod would be more fun to play because A-Rod is a more flawed guy. Yes, I, I more volatile. You know, but A-Rod would be in the Jeter film. Yeah, he would you know, be in cast it. Him. I mean, I mean A-Rod is really like a great, he's a great character because he's really like, you know, he's very flawed. He's well, more flawed and he than, has experienced the highest the highs than the lowest yeah. the lows. All, yeah, in, all he, in one. Yeah, he has. And I mean, to his credit, he does take some ownership and responsibility for a lot of things that he has done or, you know, said. I mean, look at this Tatis guy. What a moron now. You got this guy now. Can you it's believe incredible. it, man? Can you believe some of these guys are that dumb? It, it, it truly is remarkable, bro. It truly I mean, is remarkable. 
I, I tell you, Manny Machado, that's why maybe he was screaming at him a year ago, two years ago in the dugout. I mean, you got to respect the, the Padres are like pissed. They're like, this guy needs to grow up. I don't blame them. I don't blame. That's what I'm saying. Take some accountability. I like to see that. We need that. You know what I mean? We need to say, hey, man, get pissed off. Get mad. I'm fucking up here. We can do better. You know, I mean, that's a separate thing. But I'm just saying, uh, I like that the Padres are like, you know what? This guy better grow up. We could we could go on without him. You know? It's a lot easier to do when you got Juan Soto in your lineup. Just say it, bro. Just say it. A lot easier to pull that stuff when you know that guy is going to be in the middle of the order right there with Manny Machado. My man, this was fun. I Thank hope you. we are chatting on much happier terms the next time you're back on the podcast. Um, oh. And you need to let me know, Bodega, Delta Club, Yankee Stadium, when it's happening. Because I need to know. Oh, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. But thank you. I can't wait. Let's just have a good week this week and get, you know, get the vibe, change the juju. We have to, you know, because this is not a good... I mean, I went on a rant the other day. I lost. I it, hope but this I'm like, was good therapy, by the way. Was this was yes, this useful was. for you? I, mean, I, I wasn't here to like bash him or trash him anymore. You know, I'm I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting from my fucking soul for them. But I see so many things wrong right now. But it could be corrected. It could. So let's see what they're made out of. Let's see if they got the stones to dig deep down. Because sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to. Nikki Tatora. Buddy, I'll see you in a few weeks. Keep up the good work, all right? All right, buddy. Thank you. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Always a blast with Totoro, and we got to get Totoro to a Yankee game at some point in September, October. He better be here for the playoffs. I'll make sure to give him a lot of crap for that. He better be here for the playoffs. All right, voicemail time. And we got to get the last Jeter pot up for you. Jacko is on vacation. I have seen it, ready to rock, but that's something we got to do this week. We're going to have our top 15 New York athletes list. And I can tell you, I was on the beach the other day, clear mind. Having a coffee, thinking about last year's list, and thinking about this year's list, you want to talk about drastically different folks? They are drastically, drastically, drastically different. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck trying to find a football player to put on that list. That's all I'm going to say. Who, who would it be? Maybe I'll brainstorm and have one for you, but not an easy task. 917-382-1151. That's where we make magic on the voicemail line. I'll figure out when we're going to do a Spotify Live this week. Probably Tuesday night. Tuesday night makes sense. We'll get back to the Tuesday night schedule. And then remember, next Monday, Billy's, Yankees, Mets, before the game, come hang. And then we'll have all sorts of content around the Subway Series. All right, voicemails. Let's hear them. JJ, what's up, man? It's Chris Larchmont. Um, to start off, it says a lot about the state of the New York Yankees right now that the story that made my weekend is Zach Wilson's injury was not as severe as fear. All right, that's number one. The Yankees lost the fourth series in the road to the fucking Red Sox of all teams. And this run has been absolutely pathetic lately. So the Yankees, as we sat here on July 4th, were 58 and 22. 
So playing over 700 balls, 725 balls to be exact. 14 and 21 since that time. 400 ball. Only the Detroit Tigers, I believe, have been worse during this stretch of time. So um, hard for me to hammer the starting pitching, but first on the hit. Donaldson and Glaber, they are absolute fucking stiff. These guys are ice cold right now as well to boot in the heart of the order. They should be seven and eight hitters, and they're batting in premium spots. And listen, Rizzo, I love the guy. I know you love him too. He's been clutch. He fits the Yankee mold. But it's August right now, and he's batting 220. And outside of the 2020 COVID year, he hasn't had this bad of a batting average, I believe, since 2013. So when is the time to call up these guys in AAA and start shaking things up? I know John Carlos is going to be coming back, and this is not the same lineup we're going to see uh, in a month, but we got to start getting some momentum. And then now on the pitching. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist or advanced analytics to see that Clay Holmes can no longer be in high leverage situations. And that Araldis Chapman should, in fact, be the closer. That's my perspective. And you know, just the general question here is, are the Yankees just coasting here, knowing that in all likelihood they're, that we're locked at the number two seed? Because we have double-digit leads over both the Blue Jays and the Guardians. It's unlikely we're going to choke that away, even as bad as we're playing. But love your perspective on that. As always, man, you are an absolute godsend. And uh, love the show. Love the work that you do, especially in the midst of this Yankee losing streak. Uh, it gives me a little bit of solace knowing that I have this, this, this podcast to listen to, to to keep my spirits up. But uh, we'll talk soon, man. Be well. Good call, Chris. You nailed the biggest problem currently with the Yankee lineup. Glaber and Donaldson in prime positions are killing them. Absolutely, positively killing them. You take away Stanton. You don't have Wameyu. Carpenter goes down. And all of a sudden, you see Glaber and Donaldson coming up in every big situation. Friday night, who'd you see coming up with a runner on second base? It's Donaldson, it's Glaber. It's like they're not going to score. That middle of the order for the Yankees, the way it currently stands, it's weak. It's very, very weak. And I'm down on Torres. You know, Donaldson's been bad all year. Donaldson's been a monumental bust. Torres looked like, okay, April, May, early June, he's the player he was in 2018, 2019. Well, for the last month, he's looked like the guy so last year. And it ain't the shortstop excuse anymore because he ain't playing shortstop. He's at second base and he's not hitting and he's not producing. I need a lot more out of Gleyber Torres. As far as the closer position, yeah. I, I do think we are on an inevitable collision course to Araldis Chapman getting that role back. Holmes cannot be in that role if he's not throwing strikes. They got to get Holmes right, though. I'm telling you, they will not win if Holmes is the non-factor. I don't think the Yankees can survive that. They need Holmes to get back to being the strike-throwing machine he was at the beginning of the season. If it's in the eighth inning, if it's in the ninth inning, if it's the seventh inning, the Yankees need Clay Holmes to be a factor in the bullpen. And credit A-Rod today. So I'm watching the K-Rod thing for Jeter. That's the biggest reason why I'm watching it. I want to see Jeter. It was interesting. Jeter looked like he wanted no part of being there. Uh, It was awkward. I think him and A-Rod are definitely on better terms than they've been. I don't think it's anywhere close to what it was, you know, in 98, 99, but that's a story for a different day. So that was fine. I was into that. But then A-Rod, to his credit, they are destroying the Yankees for a couple of moves that were made. He's destroying them for bringing in Gallo. He's a thousand percent right. He's destroying the Yankees for moving Gloria Torres to shortstop, which was a big, big mistake when you look back on it. And what I love the most about A-Rod's talking points, yeah, the Aaron Judge convo, you can take that or leave it. The awareness or the lack of awareness 
about what the Yankees are supposed to value. And they show up the graphic, one championship since 2000, four championships for the Red Sox, 2004 to 2018. I do think there are a lot of folks within the Yankee brass, within the Yankee front office, that think, hey, build a team for the regular season. Anything can happen. But, 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 let's just get there. Well, I, I don't see that. And I don't look at it that way. Because I do think there are innate qualities and characteristics that playoff teams and championship teams have. And the Yankees have lacked that in building a team and in putting together a team. Good for A-Rod because he was a thousand percent right on a lot of that stuff. Okay, who's next? Hey, John. It's Jake from Charlotte. Uh, another Mets series win. Took two out of three from Philly this weekend. Um, one thing I actually wanted to talk about was the uh, starting pitching. Um, you know, it was great all weekend long. Uh, you know, Friday, I know the Mets lost, but Scherzer did his typical thing. Um, you know, made the big pitches when he needed to. Uh, DeGrom was phenomenal on Saturday and, uh, you know, Chris Bassett, like he always does, he fought. And that just shows, you know, how good the Mets starting pitching has been this year. And, um, you know, if they can get this type of pitching the rest of the way and, you know, into the postseason, um, you know, they can compete with anybody and, um, that starting pitching could be, you know, I could carry them to a World Series. Um, you know, so, you know, another great series win. Um, starting pitching was phenomenal. Um, you know, relievers did their job, um, you know, most of the weekend and, uh, you know, the Mets manufactured some runs here on Sunday to get the series win. So all in all, uh, good weekend. Um, starting pitching is, uh, definitely on a roll and hope it keeps going against, uh, the Braves this week. All right, man. Thanks. Bye. Jake, appreciate it. You got a chance to bury the Braves. You got a golden opportunity to go and stick it to the Braves down in Atlanta, a place that's been a house of horrors for the Mets. They won two out of three earlier this year. They took four out of five, what, two weeks ago? They are five and a half up. I think the Mets bare minimum split this series. They're playing too well. I mean, I don't see the Mets going down to Atlanta this week and getting punked. They're too good. Their lineup finds ways. Their starting pitching is off the freaking charts. You want to tell me Atlanta has a little bit more success in this series? I could buy that. That maybe they get to Carrasco and maybe they get to Taiwan Walker like they did uh, the matchup Friday night a couple weeks ago. But guess what? Then the Mets line up. Scherzer, boom. DeGrom, boom. Bare minimum, they're splitting this series. There's too much to like. I mean, the year Lindor is having is fantastic. This is what I expected Lindor to be. And I know the Met detractor is going to look at BAPIP and a lot of the, the 60 and 70 mile an hour hits that they're getting. I say shove it with that narrative. It's August. This score runs that way way too often. That is sustainable. That's the way this lineup has been built, and that's why they're having success. Who's next? Hey, Jason. This is Jeremy from Long Island. Just got back from the Mets game today. Great atmosphere. Great job getting the series win. I just love the Showalter brand of baseball. Little hits with runners in scoring position, putting the ball in play, McNeil getting that extra run. Just, I can't be more thrilled by the attitude of this team, their grit and persistence. But as a Jets fan, really annoying weekend. Uh, I was planning on going to their first game against the Ravens. Now it's like, great, I can buy tickets and see freaking Mike White or Joe Flacco. And just the only hope you have for this season is that you can see Zach Wilson take a Josh Allen-esque dump, which is a lot to hope for, any kind of jump. And if he's just going to have a hobbled knee and not be 100%, they're going to throw him out there against 
these hard defenses in the AFC North. I'm not excited to watch that. He wasn't even good in the one drive he had. I know it's preseason, but now he's going to have his leg. He can't even practice with this team, and that's really what he needs because he didn't really even have a senior season at BYU so much, and he's just a very underdeveloped star, and he's hurt again now, and it's, it's time to get worried about, you know, longevity of his career when this is his second injury already in two years and he hasn't shown you much as a starter that really puts any faith in him so i hope he he gets well soon and i hope we can see him in week one but it's just like terrible to be a Jets fan i feel your pain but here's my biggest piece of advice with the wilson situation make sure he's 100 percent right before you get him out on the field i know they're talking about that timetable at two to four weeks be careful with that timetable Make sure Zach, who hurt his knee last year and missed some time last year, is 100% ready to go before you put him back into game action. And if that means Zach Wilson misses week one, misses week two, so be it. So be it if you're the Jets. The worst thing you could do is rush him back or he rushes himself back. Cuts a couple corners. is out there week one against the Ravens. Boom. Reinjures the knee. Or aggravate something else because he's not properly healed. This is not Zach Wilson trying to get back for a game wildcard weekend. You know what I mean? This is Zach Wilson in week one of a 17-game NFL season. Be smart. If you got to play Flacco against the Ravens, so be it. That'd be a juicy week one storyline. We have the uh do we have the announcer pairings yet for week one? Well, we know Nance and Romo are not gonna be doing uh, the, the Jets and the Ravens. That's that's a guarantee because CBS has the late double header. So I'm going to guess that they'll end up being in L.A., that they'll do Vegas, L.A. I do not think they do Kansas City, Arizona. I think L.A., Vegas is the Nance Romo game. And then, all right, the 1 o'clock slate, Baltimore, Jets, New England, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cincy. I think Pittsburgh, Cincy is where you get iron and our buddy Charles Davis. And I will say that the Jet-Raven game is an Andrew Catalan, James Lofton special. To quote Adam Shine, who loves doing that. That's my guess. Catalan, Lofton for Jets-Ravens week one. All right, last but not least, let's hear it. JJ, Ben in Manhattan, uh, Yankee-Red Sox game, just finished the third one. Absolute disgrace once again. Uh, I think I've figured out the problem with Aaron Boone, though, or at least the quandary that we face. He is a good manager in the good times when the Yankees are going well because he can keep them steady. But when they're bad, he has no idea how to get them better. He has no sense of discipline, no sense of shaking things up. All he knows how to do is parrot that moron Cashman who refuses to make any changes because he's too damn stubborn to think that he might not be God something. Who knows? I'm disgusted. They got to get out of this or else they're not, go- or else they're not making playoffs. Seriously. It's fucking ridiculous. See you later. Look, right now, everything the Yankees is touching is going to you-know-what. I think it starts with the lineup. And I'm not the biggest Darren Boone fan. I think anybody who listens to this podcast knows I have my critiques and I have my issues with the Yankee manager. This weekend up in Boston, the Yankees didn't score runs. And I actually give Boone credit on Saturday for realizing and acknowledging, hey, even after IKF hit his first home run, 
Benintendi, double, gets the third. We got to force the issue. Boom, goes for the squeeze play. That was gutsy. Ninth inning, tie game. Hey, I give credit where credit's due. I thought that was a real nice call from the Yankee manager. Tonight, mowed by Michael Walker. You know it's going bad from a Yankee perspective when the Yankees basically play a two-hour, 15-minute game against Boston and get shut out, and they get shut out basically for the third time in the last nine games, there's problems within this offense. They come home, razor reeling, Blue Jays can't pitch. Yankees have a rough stretch here at home. The, the alarm is already sounded. It'll be almost called red point if they give you another two and five week at Yankee Stadium with the Mets coming back. Yankees need a good week here. I'm not saying they got to go six and one. Give me a four and three, five and two week, please. I need some winning baseball back in the Bronx, just for my sanity more than anything else. And Chris said this a few calls ago. I do think deep down, the Yankees know we're not catching the Astros. Our division's too good. Their schedule's too soft. Let's gear up. But that's dangerous because they've been bad now for 50 games. And I don't think that's a mirage. I think there are some real issues up and down the roster that are obvious and are as clear as that. All right, we'll have some fun with some trivia. Larry was peppering me all weekend, so we'll see what we have in store. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I mean, between that and the two foster dogs that we just brought into the apartment, I don't know what scares me more, but some trivia. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. All right, trivia time. Uh, Larry was peppering me with questions like, like all week. And, and, and I'm like, dude, why can't you give me these on, on the trivia segment? So that way I actually look good. Got to the point where I was like, Larry, enough trivia. Save it for Sunday. The floor is yours, sir. What do you got? JJ, Larry in Florida. Trivia time. In the last 20 years, four guys have retired. That made 10 All-Star games and also won 10 gold gloves. Who are they? Second one is what former rookie of the year retired and played his final year with the Cleveland Indians in 2019? Former rookie of the year that played his last year with the tribe in 2019. Who is it? I'm out. That's a brutal question. I mean, Larry taking absolutely no prisoners. 2019 retired with Cleveland. And was a rookie of the year and retired with the Indians that season. Oh, man. I have absolutely no idea. No idea. Like, I, I'm just trying to think. It's got to be somebody within the last 10, 15 years, I guess, retired in 2019. Oh, my goodness. You know, I actually think I know the answer. Although, I, I no, I don't. 
I take that back because I was going to guess Oliver Perez, but I don't think Oliver Perez retired in 2019. Steph, it's not Oliver Perez, is it? I didn't think so. Now, was I on the right track with a reliever or a pitcher or no? No, this player was a position player. He played, uh, I'll give you this one. He was a utility guy, but mostly known for his work at shortstop. Utility guy, mostly known for his work at shortstop. And he won a rookie of the year. And he played on Cleveland in the 2019 season. Oh, man. That is that is brutal. When I mean brutal, that is absolutely, positively brutal. Yikes! I, like, and it's not. I'm not giving a guesses, but I'm like just like thinking aloud in my head. I'm like, geez, Louise. Very, very thoughtful. He played very. 15 years. If that helps you out. 2005 to 2019. So you know him. He's in your... You've seen him play. All right. The reason I'm going to give this guest out is because he was brought up in the Jeter documentary. And I didn't even remember this guy being a Cleveland Indian, but I'm just throwing it out there. It's possible because he bounced around from like here, there, and everywhere. Steph, is it Henley Ramirez? See... I would have never remembered Hanley Ramirez being in Cleveland that year. Never in a million years. But, like, when you think about it, shortstop, rookie of the year. How many guys won shortstop that were rookie of the year? I, ne- I Tulowitzki's won, but I know I don't remember Tulowitzki in the American League. And I was like, all right, take a stab. That was a good, very good hint. Very, very good hint. And Hanley Ramirez had a good career. Killed the Yankees, too, when he was with the Red Sox. Absolutely killed the Yankees. All right, the next one, which I think is going to be far more manageable, if that helps. Four guys retired within the last 20 years. 10 All-Star games, 10 gold gloves. Uh, My first guest right out of the gate, Stefan, Tory Hunter. Wow, Tory Hunter not on the list. I'm surprised by that. I am surprised by that. 10 gold gloves, Ten all-star teams. See, Jeter ain't going to be on the list because Jeter didn't win 10 gold gloves. No chance. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. That's one. So one down and three to go. See, that last 20 years makes it complicated because he would have thrown out like an Ozzie Smith. He would have thrown out a Cal Ripken Jr. Um, they're out. They're out. Um, Next, Stefan, is it the home run leader? Is it Barry Bonds? It's not Barry Bonds. See, I thought Barry might have gotten there with the 10 gold gloves. He did not. Um, Here's one. Pudge Rodriguez. Ah, there we go. There we go. Pudge Rodriguez is two. So, two down and two to go. Ten All-Star games. Ten gold gloves. See, the gold gloves really throws you off, man. That really, really throws it off. Because I'm like, I'd be rattling off big-time offensive players, but, like, you got to think about their defense. 
See, I don't think this guy got the 10 gold gloves because he moved to third base. Um, Alex Rodriguez is not on the list, is he? Mm. Yeah, I didn't think so because they moved him to third base. They moved him to third base. Steph, would you say the next two players are household names? They got to be if they're 10-time All-Stars, right? Absolutely. Absolutely household names. Household names. Okay. I'm going to take one more stab at a name, and then I'm going to go for the hint department because I've already put the work in in this question. Got Griffey, got Pudge. 10-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glover. Vladimir Guerrero. Mm. All right, now we got to go in the hint department. I felt good about that guess, too. Hall of Famer stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hall of Famers, for sure. They're uh, both in. They're not steroid guys. Not steroid guys. Uh, one is more notable in the 90s, and the other one is more notable in the 2000s. Okay. We'll see if that helps. One more notable in the 90s, the other more notable in the 2000s. Okay, then. 90s Hall of Famer. Oh, man. Gave out Griffey. Gave out Bonds. It's not McGuire. Oh, here's a guess. Is it Craig Biggio? It's not Craig Biggio. Okay. Man. I thought this would be a lot easier. I'm a little disappointed in myself. I'm not going to lie. Nineties, two thousand. Not Frank Thomas. American or National League players, Stefan. Both for American League players. Okay, that helps it out maybe a little bit. Maybe. A little. Oh, here's a guess: Roberto Alomar. That guy was in the All Star game every freaking year. I should have known that. Roberto freaking Alomar, the spitter. The spitter. I'll never forget when he spit on John Hirschback right before the end of the regular season that year in 96. That was a huge story going to that Yankee playoff series. That's why I got some bad karma with Jeffrey Mayer. You know, tough shit. All right, so Alma, that's the guy you would say was the uh, the 90s player, correct? That is correct. All right, so now the 2000 player. American League, huh? American League. Gave out Vlad, no. It's not Tomei. It was not a good glove. Is it Carlos Beltran? Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Well, he's not a Hall of Famer yet. So that would uh that would obviously uh make that answer null and void. American League player. Not with Tampa, not with Baltimore. It's not with Boston. It's not with the Yankees. I mean. I don't know where I'm going with this. Texas, no. Holy smokes. Steph, I give up on the last answer, bro. You, you sure you don't want to take a stab at this one? All right, one. Give, me, give me one more hint. 
this guy is like, how, when you say household name, household name. Household name. 2000s, household name, heavy player. Like, he's, he is who he is for a reason. You're going to be upset if I give you this answer. Probably. I, I don't know how I'm blanking him. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet, right? He, or he is in the Hall of Fame. This guy isn't in yet. He is not. Is it Ichiro? There we go. He's not in yet, but he will be. There yeah. we go. There we I, go. I knew you would have been upset if you would if you would have missed on Ichiro. I would have been upset for you. That was yeah. The, you know what? Alomar was, was the one grind. guy that I was think you was going to have a hard time with. The other two, I was like, I felt you felt good about those. Alomar was the one I thought you were going to struggle with the most. No, I, Ichiro was the struggle. That was like my round in Indian Island on Saturday. It took me a while to get going, but you know what? We got the result we were looking for. Sub hundred. So uh, job well done by Larry in Florida and. I bet you, Larry, more surprised I got Hanley Ramirez than the uh, the question about the Hall of Famers. But anyway, last but not least, Jeff Funny, you have preseason football and you have some baseball. It's getting closer and closer to what you're going to be calling me, giving me NFL picks, which I cannot wait for. But Monday baseball card. Let's hear it, buddy. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper. Picks will be for tomorrow, Monday the 15th. I'm rolling with two games. My money's playing. I'm going to go with the New York Mets plus the 130 over the Atlanta Braves. And my second game, I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners plus the 135 over the LA Angels. Again, two plays. Money play. I'm going to go with the Mets plus the 130. I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners plus the 135. And everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, you're going with two hot teams. I'm not going to fault you with that Met pick. I do think the Met line a little weird tomorrow night. How's Atlanta as big a favorite as they are? Uh, I wouldn't bet against the Mets at this point. I'll tell you the other team that's getting juicy value, the Baltimore Orioles. And I know they didn't have a great day of it with Tampa, but my goodness, Baltimore, they keep giving you like plus 150s and 160s. Got to take them any which way you can. Glad the Jets dodged the bullet on Wilson. Uh, big week of baseball. We'll have a live after Mets Braves and the Yankees on Tuesday night. We'll have some fun surprises and wrinkles mixed in. And remember, start calling me now. Top 15 New York athletes. New York sports athletes. Sorry, the Buffalo Bills do not count. The major teams in town. Think about it. You remember the list last year? Who's in, who's out? 917-382-1151. Go work, Stefan. Enjoy your week. JJ out. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.